The following audio is from Park Church in Denver, Colorado. More information about Park Church is available online at parkchurchdenver.org. Good morning, Park Church. Today's scripture reading is Matthew 5, 33 through 37. You can turn there now. Again, Matthew 5, 33 through 37. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no, Anything more than this comes from evil. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, Park fam. Um, What is going on? As I always say, because I believe we are the body of Christ, even though we're not here physically, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Hey, um, if you're new with us here and new to worship, hey, welcome. Um, I pray that the Lord speaks to you as he speaks to all of us in this time. So, hey, I also want to take a moment just to um, acknowledge that today is significant for the church um, in itself. Today is the day of Pentecost that we recognize. It is the day that we recognize that the Holy Spirit comes down and descends on the disciples because Jesus left and Jesus said, hey, I will send my spirit. And the beautiful thing about it is that uh, the same spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was over 2,000 years ago that the Lord sent to the disciples is the same Holy Spirit that is moving today. And so uh, what I would love to do is I would love to pray for us. Um, If you can pray for us as a whole body as we get ready to dive into God's word and pray that the Holy Spirit moves mightily um, as we sit at the feet of Jesus. So let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for all that you do, all who you are. God, I pray that under the sound of my voice that they do not look at me merely Um, as an entertainer, but one who stands behind the cross, proclaiming your word, saying, thus says the Lord. God, I pray that people, lives will be changed, that you would bring life from dry places, that you would turn and change the trajectories of lineages because people put their hope and faith and trust in who Jesus is. So God, um, use this moment in a mighty way, the same way that the Holy Spirit came down, as the text says, as a rushing roaring wind, that it will do the same thing today. We love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever seen someone or maybe you were this person at some point where they're having a conversation with somebody and they're discussing about what will take place, whether you will do something or whether they will. But in the midst of that conversation, what happens is you're giving your word. But as you're giving your word and promising and saying what you will do, all the while your fingers are crossed right behind your back. We've all seen it in movies. We've all seen it. Probably, we've probably even done it before growing up as a child. 
But the, the, the thing you have to ask yourself is, in that moment, what is taking place? What is taking place? Why is it that you have to cross your fingers and put it behind your back? And what happens in that moment is that you are portraying the appearance of being honest while having the credibility. All the while in your heart, you don't have any intent to do what you say. And you might be saying, hey, I've never crossed my fingers behind my back. I've never done such a thing. Well, get this. It's not so much about the fingers that are crossed behind your back. Rather, it is the heart that is crossed. See, what happens in those moments when we engage with people, but yet our heart is crossed, what we're saying is that we care more about our reputation, our glory, instead of God's. And so when we fail to speak truth in those moments, we are reflecting something that we are not. We're trying to reflect, to, to be something or someone we're truly not. And the truth of the matter is we've all been affected by words, right? Right? We've experienced people to say things from their mouth only to have their actions not back them up and they hurt us in massive ways. And the reality is that we do more harm than good in those moments. We feel the pain, we feel the hurt. But we must not forget that there is power in our words. You see, God tells us in his word that there is life and death in the tongue. And so in those moments when we engage with people and we choose not to speak with truth and integrity, we are deciding to move from under the authority of God. We decide to move from the identity that he has given us. We step aside and now we're operating in a false identity. And so we have to be remembered, we have to know that our words are tied to our identity. And it's either two, there's only two identities here. Either your identity is one found in God and who Jesus Christ is or everything else. And so when we don't speak those truths, when we don't have integrity, we're moving from his authority to the false identity. And, you know, as people, the truth is that we're, as people, because of our sinful nature, we are prone to present ourselves to someone, something that we're not. In order to have a good reputation in front of them. Because we want our glory instead of reflecting his glory. See, you understand, Jesus says in his, word, he's, in, in his word, he says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so as believers, we can't say that, um, as people and even believe, we can't say that what we say is disassociated with our identity and what we do because that is the furthest thing from the truth. I love how one theologian says this, everything that a Christian does is most important because of what he is. And because of his effect on others. 
What we say affects others. And that's what we get to in this text here. Jesus is addressing the issue of speaking truth and having integrity from the heart. He's addressing the heart issue. Now understand, when we talk about what someone says and the integrity of what they're doing, this doesn't mean that we have to go around being skeptics, right? We don't have to go around uh, with, our, with our portable lie detector trying to, trying to detect, are they telling the truth, are they not? This is not what this text is dealing with here. No, that Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying, hey, as my followers, here's how you ought to speak with truth and integrity. You can control your words. You can't control anybody's, but you can control yours. And so my hope and my goal in today's message is that when we hear this, that we will be people that is marked with having integrity and truth in our speech. And so, if you would, let's look at the passage here. Look with me at verse 33 as Jesus addresses this issue of oath and speaking truth and integrity. He says here in verse 33, Again, you have heard that it was said of those of old, You shall not swear falsely. But shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. What is he getting at here? He's talking to his disciples and he's saying, hey, you've heard these ancient sayings. You've got these teachings from the Pharisees and the scribes. And he's saying, hey, you, because you got these things from here, hey, this is what you've heard. Then in verse 34, he goes and says, but I tell you. And I think it's important for us to understand the background here with verse 33 of what they used to hear. See, what happened was, is that verse 33, you won't necessarily find that exact saying in the Pentateuch. You won't find it in the Old Testament. No, what happens is that this is the Pharisees' version of taking um, the third commandment, Exodus 20, verse 7, where it says you not take the Lord's name in vain, coupled with Leviticus 19, 12, as well as Deuteronomy 6, 13. And they have gave their version of swearing God's name, not taking it in vain. And hear me now, I think it was good intentions that they had at first, right? We all have good intentions, but along the way we misconstrued them sometimes. And so they take those up and they have this in mind when they gave this ancient saying to the people, when they heard and were teaching to the people. And so we have to understand in this section, when it comes to the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus is saying when it comes to oaths. Here's what he is saying. We have to understand oaths in order to know where we're going here. Bear with me. See, oaths are spoken in the Old Testament and New Testament here. And oaths are something that are to be made to God alone, nothing more, nothing less. It is to be made to him. And the portent of oaths is that they are supposed to be about important matters, not trivial ones, right? It is a way, oaths were a way to resolve disputes, to make covenants, to seal agreements with people. It was to simply affirm the truth. Maybe if I could say it was kind of like their version of a surveillance camera. That's, it was like they needed to have something that was binding so that we can know what the truth is, resolve issues, and see what is taking place. So, let me ask this. Are we to, are we to 
I've heard some Christians say, we, are we to swear? Are we to take oaths at all? The question, to oath or not to oath? And hear me, this doesn't mean, I don't believe that Jesus is getting at this passage saying that you shouldn't take oaths at all. That's not what he is saying. That's not what he is getting at at the heart of this passage. No, what he is speaking to is the heart issue here. He is saying that, hey, from your heart speak truth. You don't have to hide behind the oaths. You don't have to hide behind your words in order to look good and have your reputation take place. And so understand, he's after the heart issue. As I've said, taking oaths and swearing is not inherently a bad thing. It's not. Now, understand, we should be slow and we should be thoughtful about the oaths and the things that we swear to. For example, think about it. When people go into court, some say, hey, this pastor saying we should not swear at all. We should not take oaths in court. That's not what it's saying. No. What it's saying is that when you stand in the court, you're saying, hey, I am speaking the truth. Period. And not even just in the courtroom, but we take marriage vows. Those are a form of oaths here. We sign contracts. We sign contracts for our homes. We sign contracts for our cell phones. We sign contracts for many things. So hear me, oaths are not bad, but we need to be mindful and not so hasty to make them. And so again, Jesus says, hey, I didn't come to abolish the law. I come to fulfill it. He's making a correction of what the Pharisees have manipulated. So here's what he's saying. Again, he is speaking to the heart issue and that, that want, the heart issue that wants to get the credibility from the position of manipulation. That's what Jesus is speaking to. And so you have to understand the background of this as well. Moses was dealing with some mess right there, right? They were in bondage um, under, uh, for 400 some years. They're going out there in the wilderness. So what you have is that they had in them the mess of the Egyptians, all right? They were lying to one another. They were uh, deceiving one another. It got so chaotic, no one could trust what was being said. And so one of the chief purposes of creating the oaths were to try to bring order into this, to try to address this so that life can flourish and be purposeful as it intended to be. So understand this just a little bit more but when it comes to oath and swearing. When one oath or when they take an oath or when they're swearing, what you're doing is you're invoking the name of one whose witness is reliable and trustworthy to testify to the truthfulness of your words. At the same time, you're acknowledging your accountability to the person, agreeing that you accept, accept to be judged by him, by God, because that's who we ought to take the oaths to, if you were found not speaking truth. That's why Hebrews chapter 6, verse 16 tells us, hey, if you swear, swear by one greater. And so that's what the Pharisees had, knew. They, they knew that, hey, if we were to swear, we ought to swear to someone greater. And when we use our words of swearing, we're held accountable to that. So what does the Pharisees decide to do? They decide to create loopholes. They decide to sidestep. They say, hey, maybe we can sidestep and lessen these oaths to where we can perceive to be doing what we say, to have the credibility, yet not having 
the accountability in the full scope of judgment that takes place. And so they, and that's why Jesus addresses these loopholes in verse 34 through 36 here. He addresses them. Let's look what he says here. Verse 33, it tells us that what they have heard of old, that they shouldn't swear falsely, but they shall perform the name of the Lord. Verse 34 says, but I tell you, do not take an oath at all. Hey, Jesus says, hey, don't take an oath at all. And then he says, matter of fact, don't take an oath at all. Don't take it um, either by heaven, for that is the throne of God. Don't take it by earth, for that is the footstool. Hey, don't even take an oath by the city of Jerusalem, because that is the great kings. He even goes on and says, don't even take an oath on your head, for you can't make it white or black. So that means if you're dying your hair, you can't do it anymore. Just embrace who you are. Let the grace come out. You know, it's not a bad thing. Grace it signifies wisdom. Come on. Why would you want to die to anything else? No, but seriously here. He's addressing this. That's why he says in this verse 30, 34 through 36 here, he's saying, hey, don't swear at all. Not by heaven, not by earth, not by the city, not even by your own body. You see what the loophole here was, what, the reason why he's even addressing this and saying this is because, again, like I said, they're creating loopholes. They're trying to sidestep uh, um, to have this accountability to God. And so they had, again, like I said, they had the issue of telling the truth. They wanted to ha- uphold an image. They were more concerned about how they look instead of, uh, uh, instead of actually pleasing God and reflecting his glory. They had a reputation to uphold, to look trustworthy, to look like they were important. And so, to sidestep this, they said, hey, let's create lesser categories. Let's create lesser categories of these oaths. Let's blend the words, blend it so much to where that, hey, we can still have force behind our promise and look credible with what we're saying here. See, that's why Jesus, if you go back over what they were doing, even when you go look at Matthew chapter 23, verses 16 to 22, Jesus sits over here, he addresses the Pharisees, he says, woe to you, you hypocrites. They go, what they're doing is they're swearing, but they're making categories. You swear by the temple, but you don't swear, but you, you, you swear by the temple, but you don't swear by the gold in the temple, right? Oh, you don't, you, you'll, swear by the, you'll swear by the altar, but don't swear by the things that are on the altar. See, what they were doing, so they won't be binding, they were trying to be ticky-tack and trying to blend and blur the lines here so that they won't be held accountable, but yet they can still look good. That's why Jesus is saying, hey, the heavens, they're a degree of it. The earth, that's mine. Hey, guess what? The, uh, uh, the city, that's mine as well. And he even says, guess what? Don't even swear by your body because that is mine too. Jesus is addressing these issues with the Pharisees. And let's not look too quick at the Pharisees because we're, we're, we're going to get to ourselves too. We are prone to do that. I love the way that Abraham Kuyper talks about, he says this, he says, there's not a square inch in the whole dominion of human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry mine. And that is exactly what he is saying in verse 34 and 36. God, Jesus is saying, hey, get this. Don't swear an oath at all because you know what? It is 
all mine anyway. All of it is mine. Even Deuteronomy chapter 4, 26 talks about how creation in itself is a witness with him. All of this is his. Therefore, don't take an oath at all. Don't think that you can lessen what you're saying and try to sidestep and find loopholes in my word and who I am. You cannot run and get away from God, period. And what's issue is that, is that when Jesus talks about this and he addresses this situation, he even calls the Pharisees and scribes, he says, you hypocrites. He says, you hypocrites. And what a hypocrite is, is what that really the simplistic way of is that like, you got a mask on. You put on a mask to hide who you truly are underneath, but you portray and perform to people who are watching something totally different. You're acting. You're not true to who you are. And if we're honest, we have our mask on too. We hide behind the blemishes, our failures, our weaknesses, our insecurities, because we want to look a certain way in front of people. We sit here and we exaggerate our words. We, te- we, emblemish, we, 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 we embellish them. We deceive people all because we want to have control in a situation. We say things like, I swear to God, yo, that's on God. I'm telling the truth. I put my life on that. I put that on my mama. I put that on myself. I promise you. I'm telling you the truth. Those are the things that we say. We even name drop. We even use people's name to add credibility to what we're saying so that we can look like we know, so we can uphold our reputation. And understand this. Here's the reality of this. The truth of the matter is that when we hide behind those words, what we're doing, man, we're really pimping out God's holiness. Now, hear me. Don't be afraid of that word here because what it simply is saying is that we're trying to make something more showy or impressive. We're trying to make ourselves impressive here. We're trying to use something in this situation in order for us to have a gain and a benefit. And we pimp out God's holiness. We compromise the integrity, the holiness that he has given us. Because in those moments, what we're saying is that, hey, guess what? My reputation, my glory is more important than God's glory and reputation here. And so my question is, where do we try to get our approval? Do we get it from our parents? Do we get it from our friends? Do we get it from our spouses? Do we get it from our families or relatives? Where is it that we're using these words and trying to hide to get approval of what here? But I love what Jesus addressed even in verse 37. When he says, he says in verse 37, he says, hey, let what you say to be simple. Simply put, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. And the reason, and Jesus reminds us that we don't need to do that at all because our identity is him. That's why we can say what we need to say because he is truth. I love what a pastor says here. He said before, beautifully quoted, he says, Jesus was aware of the religious practice, a.k.a. the lip service. Jesus knew oaths were not evidence of pure heart or safeguard for truth. Oaths were able to conceal the heart and motives of individuals. He knew oaths could be wrapped in dishonesty, embellishment, failure to lead to one's true identity here. He says, look it, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Emphatically speaking, why? Because our identity is him. God is truth. He is the spirit of truth. He is full of grace and truth. There is no lie in him. And we have the Holy Spirit in us who is the spirit of truth here. And look what he says. Don't add any more to your words because what you add to your words comes from the devil. How do you know that? Because the word is evil is singular. 
Evil is singular, meaning it is personified. It is from the devil, the liar, the deceitful, the one that has no truth, the one that disguises himself to look like an angel of life, but really is not an angel of light. He is the father of all lies. And he says anything more that comes from the devil. So what we have here is that when we add more to our words, when we try to impress people, the enemy, Satan, devil, uses our words as an instrument of evil. Jesus even addresses this to the Pharisees when he says that, hey, for, for you have, um, he tells them, for you have shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces in Matthew 24. But not only do we shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, guess what? Not only do that, we put ourselves under bondage. When we don't speak with truth and integrity, what happens is that we have a lie upon a lie and we're living a life that we cannot uphold. And what happens is that we're in bondage and we're rotten on the inside because the truth of the matter is we want to be free. I'm here to tell you today, people, you can be free. Just like the boy that has his fingers crossed behind his back, we have one who did not have his hands crossed behind his back. Yet what he did was stood up tall, stretched his hands wide that was met with nails in his hands on a cross. And he died for you and he died for me. Got pierced in his side, rose three days later with power all in his hands. He has broke the chains of bondage. He has broke sin. And so I submit to you today, don't try to be polished up. Don't hide behind the mask. No, we have one that he said, yet while we were still sinners, he died for us. So that means he he sees the brokenness all anyway. So we don't have to hide who we are. And I encourage you, take the mask off and speak and live in such a way to who Jesus says you are. You say, who does he says you are? He says you are a child of God. You are salt and light. You are an overcomer. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a sweet aroma for the church. You are friend. You are justified. You are redeemed. You are accepted by Jesus. You have a seat in the heavenly places. And get this, you are chosen and loved. Let's pray. God, I'm so grateful that you love us, that we don't have to try to be something we're not, but we can be real with who we are, and yet you love us all the more. God, help us to be people to have truth and integrity in our words so that we can reflect the goodness of who you are, so that people may see our good works that matches our words and glorify you in heaven. We love you because you first loved us. In your son, Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, here's what I want to do right now. Let's take a, before we get ready to go to communion, let's take a moment to reflect here. Reflect and ask yourself, hey, what, what did God say to me? Where are the areas in my life where I need to be one of truth and integrity? I don't know, maybe it's at home, maybe it's at work. But take a moment to realize that God loves you. He's for you. He's with you. And you don't have to be something you're not. So let's hear what he has to say to our hearts in this moment and reflect on his word and who he is.